everyone. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to this week's edition of Girl Club. Uh, thanks for those of you who are joining us live right now. Um, it, you know, we're just a few minutes behind schedule here. And uh, thank you guys for always being patient enough to allow us to get our Saturday mornings in gear so that we can get here and share this time with all of you. And uh, joining me this week is Girl Club crew member Nova Page. And it's always good to have Nova here. And she and I are going to just dive in and kind of get us going. Hi, good Nova. To, good to see you, Finn. It's good to see you too, honey. How's Love your you. week? Love you too. How's your week been? It's it's been it's been good. I celebrated my husband's birthday, so I came off of my daughter's birthday the week before and our anniversary, and now this week my husband's birthday, and then next week my son's birthday, and he is turning twenty one. So I have an an official adult on my hands. No, he's not. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Isn't that crazy? It's so nutty. It's just so crazy. I'm like, you're a big person. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Where, where did the time go, Nova? I I don't know. I know. But I, I know. But I'm great. I'm grateful for it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Hi, Miche. We're getting as you guys are filtering in. I I love when you say hello. Hello to you. <laughs> hello all over the world to all of you guys watching and and. uh you know, it's crazy, Nova. Last week, I, I was kind of sharing with you that yeah. we 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 were going through Proverbs nine, uh, as it was the ninth of October last week, and um, it led us into a really cool conversation about the parable of the talents, mm -hmm. and really about you know living your life and using the gifts and the talents that God gave you in a way that shows your faith, you know, in a way that would make you use your talents according to your faith and get and submit them to God and increase them and multiply them because mm -hmm. they're gifts that are given you by God and hiding those gifts is an offense to the one who gave you the gifts, you know, yeah. the skill set or the opportunity, you know, as the case may be. So, yeah, um, obviously it kind of really struck a nerve with Christina Reynolds and, um, and I, and I get it, you know, Christina Boudreaux and I were talking um, on text after, and, you know, it's just, we're all artists, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's always the question, right? Like, God, I mean, I have this gift. Is, am I serving you with this gift? What do I do with this? Is it okay to seek after, you know, the increase of this gift, which of course often means, you're seeking after fame or fortune in some way. So walking that out with the Lord is always a really interesting navigation space, right? <laughs> it 100% is. I, oh man. I, yeah, you're right. We're all artists. And I definitely have felt the tug and the pull of, you know, sometimes just feeling like I'm so dialed into the gifts that God's given me and submitted those to him. And then all of a sudden I'll feel like I'm, I'm off course. And am I, you know, and then there's the, the, the part about like, what is success in this? And like, if I peel it, if I'm peeling it back, I'm like, okay, so God gave the gifts 
I surrender, submit, but I work as unto the Lord because he really doesn't want a bunch of lazy people around him either. So it's like if to to whom much is given, much is required. But the, the, that, that teeter-totter, I think for like people who are artists and it's the ego and balancing and understanding that we can, it, we can think that it's about us and how much we're doing and how good we really are, as opposed to how good God is that he gave the gifts and we're just, we're just working that out with him. It's, it's, it's a challenge for all of us. Cause I think, you know, it is, there's something to be said about toiling and working and being, um, you know, a work, a worker's worth their wage. Like, you know, so there's, you're, there is worth in it, you know, yeah. there's worth in it and it has to, um, it has to be submitted to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, and there's, and there's nothing wrong with success. And, and honestly, like some people have more worldly success with it, but then sometimes at what cost? Right. Right. At what cost? Right. Often I have felt very saved from my own self. Like God saved me from myself because I don't think, I think God gives us things that he knows that we can, ah, that's a tough thing to say, but I don't know. I, I think he knows what we can, what we can plow, the type of fields we can plow. So there's a harvest. And then he knows like, man, I just love you so much. I, I got to save you from your own self and I want you to work and I, I'm going to use you. But then if you peel it back, it's like, we work because we want the kingdom of God. Like we want people to know Jesus through our art, through our work, through the things that we say. I mean, and then you can ask yourself, do we, do we really, but like, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like we, this is about the kingdom. If you just peel it all back and go, it's so easy to get caught up in the worldly way of things, but we, but it is about Jesus. It's about expanding his kingdom, but people coming to him and knowing him and us living that out. Yeah. It's a, it's a real challenge to keep him first when your skill set, you know, your gifting, when an opportunity is also, it also makes you the focus of it. You're right. You're that, right. And that's really it because I think, you know, I, and it's so fame to me is so crazy because humans were not meant to be worshipped. We weren't. were not meant to be idolized. We, I mean, we weren't. We can't handle it. It's not you know most of us can't handle it. You know, or you know, it's it's like you said, it's the challenge to stay rooted in the Lord so that you can handle it. But yeah. but at the end of the day, I think remembering that that we were not made to be worshiped. doesn't matter that other people might be worshiping you. We were not made to be worshiped. He alone is made to be worshiped. And, and to remember to keep yourself out of, you know, if the world is looking at you and they can't see him, there's a problem. They should be able yeah. to see him. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's really sad because I've seen a number of artists. There's one pretty famous artist right now whose name I won't say, but who kind of grew up in the church. Um, you know, we're familiar with the family and, you know, I just, I look at that artist and I just pray for 
their soul because I know where they came from. I know the roots and yet the world is kind of looking at this, um, how they're marketing this person is you don't really, it's, it's, it's like, what are you? Who are you? Like, I can't really tell. And then it feels very all inclusive, but it's very confusing. And I'm like, Oh man, there is an idea. As soon as I saw a reflection, I was like, man, there's an idea. And it's always comes back to identity, but the, there's an identity thing. And I'm like, not even that that person started out that way. Right. But, um, right. I, 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 my, my, as soon as I saw the images, I was like, I, I just was like, okay, I need to pray for this family because it is a hard um, thing to be famous, to see your face plastered all over billboards and, you know, and it, it's a, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. Yeah. And it comes and goes, the fame part comes and goes, but like your soul is forever. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and if there's any, you know, for those of you watching, as you listen, I think the most important thing you said, and it is interesting because Anna and I were having this conversation earlier. Um, Anna, who's behind the scenes and running the studio here, you guys, um, identity, you know, it all comes back to identity. And if you don't know who you are, you know, and to whom you belong, and more importantly, to whom you're supposed to role model as you do what you do, to, you know, to whom you have to give thanks for your gifts to, if you don't know that, if you're not really solid and bold about that, you'll just be pulled into all kinds of confusion. And then I think for those of us after the fact who see it, we're looking at it going, wow, there's something confused about the messaging here. There's something, well, sure, because, you know, you're taking God's child, putting them in a secular industry, and then that child is allowing the secular industry to dictate who and what that child is, rather than that child being strong enough in who and what they are and are not dictating to everyone around them what's going on. Yeah, but we're in the enemy's playing field. So if that person knew their identity, they wouldn't be in the place they are today because the world system, like, I mean, there's, I, I, I hate saying it's just very, and, and even within like the Christian music industry, there's, it's just like at sometimes, not always, but can be a worldly system within that's how they do checks and balances with, you know, are you successful? Are you not successful? And all the imaging and how everything's marketed and, you know, it, it just can be a really slippery slope. And I, you know, there's a few artists that I know that are just the most humble and have kept it so completely humble all these years. Cause they know, they know how to maneuver that with the Lord, but not when you're not, if you don't, if you're not rooted, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's a fight. I think it's a fight for people to stay humble. No, no matter if you are like a pastor that has like a big congress. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're even in the public. It's like all of us with our gifts and talents. Like, it, I mean, it all just kind of comes down to like everybody has their sphere of influence yeah. and how we handle that sphere of influence. 
you know, is it to feed our own self ego and our desires, or is it to really be a contributor in the kingdom? And I, I look at it like if I can take, God has given me gifts. I don't think I'm the best at any of the things that he's given me. I'm just the, trying to be the best version of what he's gifted me. Like I'm trying to do my best with what he's given me right. and, and just say like, okay, okay, Lord, like you can have, you can have this. I, you know, but I've, I've fought, I fought with it because people told me like, you have to be this. And then I tried to be that. And I was like, this is so not my jam. I don't even want this. This is not even what I want in my life. It feels like pressure, you know? Oh gosh. Yeah. When I was younger, I can, you know, and, and really immersed in the pursuit of a Hollywood career, of my Hollywood career. I remember opportunities that were offered to me and I was like, well, I really probably don't want to do this, but I will. It's, 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 you know, it's cool. It's, it's, you know, it's artistic and, you know, I'll be respected usually with roles in, in movies or something like that. And it's so funny because something always happened where God went, I know everything is signed and you got a yes, no. Like it would be so crazy that something would fall apart that I just knew like, okay, this, this is God. And even though I didn't really understand the depth of it then, like I do now, I knew it was God. And and now I look back and I go, oh, I knew it was you, but now I know why it was you and what you actually saved me from. And, oh, thank you so much because in my youth and exuberance and spiritual immaturity, I would have made a ruin of things for my future me, you know, mm-hmm. potentially. And, you know, it's interesting because even Proverbs today, and I, I've been trying to really commit to, you know, kind of really looking at Proverbs when, when we're in these conversations um, for everyone, because, right, Proverbs is instructions for right living, and, and, you know, it's interesting because even, even if you're a non-believer, you could find the wisdom, you know, yep. in Proverbs, right? Oh, and so true. So true. And I, and I think about today's, you know, Proverbs 16. And, and for those of you who are with us, you might want to even just pull it up because so much of this is about your plans and about what, when God elevates someone and, you know, and I, I'm looking at just even Proverbs 16, 1, which says to humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Now I, I'm in the NIV and I do often switch to the King James for just the clarity of what's kind of being said. But that's so interesting because we do make plans in our heart. And I think it's interesting that God acknowledges that, that we yeah. make plans in our heart, but only the Lord will give us the words and the right answer to speak, even yes or no, to the plans that we're making in our heart. And it's like so much of this is about surrender on such a deep level. Um, you know, six, Proverbs 16.2 says, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. I mean, I, this is such a perfect one for the conversation we're having about really utilizing your opportunities and your gifts and increasing them, you know? And it's like, 
I, I realize like I can look at something and it will just it it may seem pure to me, you know, but even in that, there's this margin for deception, right? You know, but motives are weighed by the Lord. So if I take my motives to the Lord, like, okay, God, I mean, I want to do this or I want to say this or more, usually more, I want to do this because oftentimes, um, you know, when I don't engage my thought process or my prayer process before I open my mouth, that I know is a complete disaster. But <laughs> but when I take my, you know, something I want to do to the Lord and ask him to weigh my motives, I immediately have a yes or a no on whether what I'm thinking or wanting to do is right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. You know, I, me too. I think, I think I, I think I know. And honestly, like I've had many plans in my heart, Cynthia, and, and I knew there's things that I was like, man, that'd be so cool. And then the Lord's like, I'm, I'm not in that. I'm not in that at all. Right. You know, and more of that was about fulfilling my own like insecurities to feel better about myself <laughs> than really like increasing the kingdom and seeing the fruit of the spirit come out and through my life and, and that there would be fruit from my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so powerful. It's like, whatever it is that you're thinking or doing right now today, you know, ask the Lord to show you your motives. And, and that is such a powerful course corrector or course affirmer, you know? And, um, yeah, put my glasses on just, uh, what do you, what do you think Cynthia about, like, so my husband and I had, have like a pretty significant dream and we, we feel like it's the Lord. Um, I had a dream about it. I started kind of like <clears throat> drawing it out and, and kind of just seeing it. And it was so interesting because I had a random phone call from a friend who isn't necessarily like always this most prophetic person, but all of a sudden something just popped into her spirit. She goes, you know what I have on my heart? that and it was the exact i mean exact thing that was like i had written out exact and i was like whoa and it feels like completely impossible but god keeps on confirming it like he's now confirmed it three times and i'm like mm -hmm. You know, even in that, though, I'm trying to surrender and go, OK, Lord, you're showing us that this is the way. Now show us the steps to to make that come alive. And I I am I'm pretty excited. And this is like one of the first times as I'm getting, you know, older, I have an adult child like that. We're looking to the future of how we can truly live out the giving years of our life where it could really be um a benefit for the kingdom. And, and I am too looking at the Proverbs going, I, we need wisdom, like for how to live this out, for how to live in this. And, um, can I read one, one of the Proverbs that I like, although I'm not in the same translation and that's okay. If, no, it's okay. Um, it's but, okay. um, where is that? Um, well, yeah. When a man's ways please the Lord, 
He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Oh, I love that. Um, you know how uh, there have been times, I'm sure you've experienced this a ton, Cynthia, where, you know, you really want to honor the Lord, but there has been, there, there have been enemies that have come against you. Um, even within the Christian community that are naysayers, you know, but it's like when we, because God knows the motive of our hearts when we submit and he knows the motives, even um, when, because we're pleasing the Lord, even those that come against us that are even, maybe you've experienced some jealousy or something against you, the enemies, your enemies still like, it's like they have no choice to be at, at peace with you. Yes. Yes. I've experienced that in so many ways. And some of you might get this. So you, you choose to do something because it's right. And then, but, but then you, people talk about you or you're getting attacked by the enemy from that direction or this direction. And it's interesting because I always find Nova that if I have, if my motives have been good and I have you know, like verse three says, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. If I have committed what I'm doing to him, then no weapon formed against me will prosper. And I ask you this, Cynthia, because I think other people might think that this have the same question. What does it look like to you to commit it? Mm. Commit your, what does it look like for you? Um, sometimes it just looks like, Lord, I have no idea if you, if you want me to do this or not, I, I, I can't hear an answer. I'm just, I, I'm giving this to you, you know, um, make it, you know, make it right, make it clear to me and shut this door. If you don't want me to walk through it and open this door wide, if you do. And then sometimes it looks like, Lord, I, I commit this to you. And then all of a sudden I go, wait a minute, that is not anything that is going to you know, it's like Roger gave me a really great example of, of just this proverb this morning. And he said, if you sit down and you, and you're like, uh, Lord, I am about to watch this semi-pornographic film. I commit this to you. <laughs> you think he's right. going to establish that plan? Right. <laughs> no. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, and I use the extreme as he did to make the point. It's kind of yeah. like, okay, there are some things that I know, I, you know, I cannot commit that to the Lord. He is just not going to establish. He's not in it. He's not, he's not in it. He's but then there are it. other things where you just don't know. So I think you do the best you can. And then you remember Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will direct your path. And I, I and I think, you know, you'll know at a certain point, oh my gosh, yes, I see the Lord in this. Or it, it's not even the way I thought I'd see him, but I see him. Or he's going to direct our path through this. And he directs you into it and in fully into it. And you know that he is, or he directs you out of it in some way, you know, and then you have peace with that too. You know, um, it's kind of proper, uh, 16, four says the Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. 
I mean, that gives me a lot of peace. It gave me a lot of peace this morning because it's like, okay, the Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. So even the people that I get concerned about, you know, and you know me, I get so passionate about the politics of our nation Mm -hmm. and our leaders, you know, and corruption. And, but this morning when Roger read that, I was like, well, there it is. There it is. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. That is extremely sobering. And there is also, I, I feel, don't you feel very peaceful this morning? It's like there is a whole world of things going on, yet we know that the Lord works everything to its proper end. Yeah. Like he, we may be in this chaos, but he is still Lord over all. Right. And, you know, even further down in in this proverb, it talks about a lot about kings, you know, kings who do the right thing, kings who a, a king must only pronounce the right judgments. A king must not, you know, pronounce unrighteousness or the wrong judgment. And right. I said to Roger, I go, you know, we were talking about it and I said, okay, hold on. First of all, it's talking about king. Like we have a lot of kings, leaders, we have a lot of wicked people in authority. I I go, am I supposed to just accept that God put them there? And Roger, you know, he's like, absolutely. God absolutely establishes a king. Now it may not be the king, the leader, the person in authority that you like, they may be wicked. Look at Pharaoh. God hardened his heart, right? But, But, but in establishing his plans in the earth, God will often lift up and allow to be lifted up an improper leader. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen it in the world and I've seen it in the church where it's like, how, you know, like how, how are, how is this happening? Right. How's it happening? Right. Right. And I get, I mean, sometimes, and I have to admit it, sometimes I've had like, I'm like, Lord, is this jealousy? Is this, I'm, you know, I'll look at something or someone being promoted and it's like, they're so wrong, Lord. Like, I don't understand that, you know? And you and King David. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I don't understand. Right. And, and it's like, okay, well, but God has bigger plans than my understanding. And I, I mean, this, this comes across my brain all the time. Like Nova, who has known the mind of the Lord to offer him any counsel? Nova, who, who has known God? Like who, like, who do you think you are that you know the very best? Like, trust me, trust me, commit your ways to me, commit your plans to me, give your life away so that you might not lose it. Like it's, I mean, his economy is so different from ours. Oh my gosh. It's just so different. Right. It's the upside down kingdom. It is the upside down. Where you die to gain. That's right. Where you die to gain. Yeah. It just doesn't make, I mean, it makes no sense to, I mean, I think it's even in here where it says, you know, 
the ways of a man, oh, the ways of a man seem pure, you yeah. know, or they seem yeah. right. Look at this one. I mean, this is, this is, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. Well, I what mean, verse is that? Then? Uh, uh, verse five. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse five. Yeah. Um, I mean, pride goes before a fall. You know, God's saying, look, I detest this. These people will be, will be punished, but that's not for you to determine. Right. Um, now this one's interesting too right? Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. Yeah. Well, a lot of people just don't fear the Lord. So they don't avoid evil. And I, I think, you know, when you have spiritual eyes, which we all do, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're looking at the evil that they're doing. But in looking at the evil that they're doing, don't get carried away into the sinful emotion you could have, which might be envy or jealousy or whatever, because Proverbs says in a number of places, it's, you know, it, it Psalms even says, you know, don't look on the wicked and be envious because woe is their end. You know, he's telling us. Uh, yeah. I mean, can we move on to verse eight that says, yeah, I, my, my version says something a little bit different, but can okay. I read my version? And yeah, then she yeah. can put up the other because yeah. I kind of like what this is NSB. Oh, but it nice. says, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. I mean, honestly, it's true. I'd rather have just nothing yeah. than have everything. And it just come from wrong and injustice. Right. You right. know. Right. And it's, it's like, look, it goes on. Read the rest of yours. I love it. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that tells me, Cynthia, that we have to remember that it is a walk. It's one foot in front of the other with yeah. the Lord. That, that we have to remember. It's like we don't have this scheme in this org chart. And it's like, boom, boom. It's like the Lord's like, no, no, no. You need to walk. It's a it's a step. You get yeah. you just step with me. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it's such an, you know, it's such an interesting thing because, you know, I think about, it's like the fire test, right? Oh, okay. Write down the three things that you would grab out of your house if the house was on fire. And, and it, to me, life and knowing the Lord keeps me coming back to what's important. You know, because we can get so caught up in the pursuit of things and the things that come from the pursuit yeah. that we can lose sight of, you know, there's a few things I really don't want to live without, you know, my faith, my husband, my child, you know, my yep. mom, my mom, you know, and, and these are things that, you know, I know that if things go in the order they're supposed to, you know, I will probably have to one day live without my mom. You know, yeah. I can't, I can't even think about it, you know? And then there are those challenges. Like, I mean, you know, Roger's having a health challenge. So we've been like knee deep in it. And, and I, the other day I was just sitting, I was sitting in the bathroom, uh, you know, talking to the Lord and in my quiet little stall. And I'm like, you know, Lord, I mean, I just want him healthy. 
Yeah. The rest of all of the things that I want, they don't matter. No, when you when you whittle all of those things down, it's like it's your it's the relationships. It's always people. the relationships. It's always people. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And and I I you know, I gotta tell you, I wonder if for everyone on this earth it's people. I don't know that it is for everyone on this planet. Hard to imagine that, but I, I, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that's a a hard question because you usually can see by the fruit of somebody's life, what's important to them. Like really what's important to us. Like you can, if you look at the hours of your day and how you're spending them, you, if you just strategically look at your own life, you realize what is important to you. Yeah. Like if you just look at like where you put your time, because that will tell you where you put your time and your resources that will tell you what is important to you. Roger and I were, were kind of tripping on the thing on iPhone. Those of you who have an iPhone may have this where it'll show you how much time you've used that week. Yeah. Really eye opening when you start, when you look at your week and go, Oh my gosh. I spent this many hours searching for this or looking at this or playing this game. Like, you know, where, where, where you store up your treasure, right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and time is such a gift that if you're using your time in ways that don't matter, you're storing up your heavenly treasure in things that don't matter. Yeah. And I think the enemy plays a pretty good game at getting people disrupted and, um, you know, set set off course. I mean, that's kind of, that's the system we're in. That's the system we're kind of set up for here on earth. You know, that's why like we have to be in the word and in fellowship and with people that have are committing their way to the Lord. Like it's really important not to just stick in our own little, because we, I mean, we want to see the world come to Christ, but we, we have to be able to like be with people that will spur us on and that we spur on, you know? And, and that, and there's wisdom in that. There's a lot of wisdom in that, you know, you start, you start just, I don't know if you've heard this saying before, but the, the, the books you're reading, the people that you are spending your most of your time with is who you will become in the next five years. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I may have even said that before, but when I heard that, I was like, that made me kind of step back and go, okay, if I, in the next five years, really want to be a godly woman, then the books that I'm reading matter and the people I'm spending time with matter either confirming the truths that I'm reading about or, or not, you know? Right. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I look at that and I, you know, we live in a tumultuous time. We live in a time where it's very confusing for people and they don't look at the word of God, that it is, um, holy, that it is the words of God, our creator. And, um, I think some Christians even just look at it like it's like a good book and I'll get around to it when I'm old. Right. <laughs> right. And, and it's funny. One, one of, one of the, the 
Proverbs, if you jump down to uh, Proverbs 16, 31, verse 31, um, it's crazy. It says, gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained in the way of righteousness. And it's interesting because I was thinking about that and I'm like, you know, don't put off until tomorrow wisdom that you need when you're old. Yeah. Because that, that, that crown of age you know, is only attained in the way of righteousness. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty. And then of course the next one is totally for me, but. Um, what, which one? 32. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's awesome. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes the city. That is honestly one that I struggle with. Because yeah. I have so little patience for unrighteousness and sin and shenanigans and, and stupidity, but then I get impatient with it. And what is love? First thing in the Bible, love is first thing, right? You read about love. Love is mm -hmm. patient. Mm -hmm. That So that really spoke Shoot. to me. <laughs> Shoot. Right, right, right. And it is, it's interesting. Love is, is about self-control. Wisdom is about self-control, you know, taking your talents and prospering them the way the different servants did for the Lord is about self-control. I mean, to the guy who was given five talents, he went yeah. out and he made five more. To the guy who was given two, he went out and made two more. To the one who was given one, he buried it, knowing that his master, you know, was one who might get a heart, you know, upset and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Interestingly enough, I mean, I even tried to apply that to this. Maybe that guy who didn't increase his talents just had no self-control. So he figured it's better to bury it and go give it back to him so he won't get upset with me for something I might have done play it safe but also there's fear of man in there right. and not fear of god right there's fear of loss fear of yeah. failure like dude fear and faith can't exist in the same temple so wow. oh no nova this is the scripture that 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 parable of the talents literally is what god used to change my life during COVID when I was, you know, we were laying there three months in on the couch, <laughs> binge watching Netflix and like, like the rest of us. Yeah. Like the rest of us it was like, well, this has been kind of great. And then after a while it was like, Hmm. And God, and, and then I had something coming to me, not a lot, but a little financial blessing coming to me. And, the, and, and I was like, okay, well, Lord, I guess this may, you know, get us through if this pandemic doesn't change or, or if the clients, you know, don't come because everything shuts down and blah, blah, blah. And God was like, yeah, take this little gift and, you know, hide it again in your bank account and just whittle away at it. And then you'll come back to me with, with nothing, or you'll come back to me with the same old prayer of, okay, I need a lump of this to even try to invest or to try to do something and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. This is such a lack of faith. This is such a lack of faith. And it was literally, I I was like, I'm not going to do the same thing that I've ever done before with this financial gift 
I'm going wow. to. You're speaking to me right now, girl. Oh, I put it in the bank account, write the checks, whittle it down and pray that more comes. That is how most people think toward their finances. Nothing about it is kingdom. It's total financial illiteracy. And God showed me that that was my problem. Wow. You know, I, 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 wow. I call it also in a lot of ways, ghetto stress or ghetto mentality. Cause yeah. You don't think if you don't have a lot that you can invest it or do something with it. And I can't even be, I took that seed, actually gave it to a banker to invest, to build a little portfolio for me. I knew the, I already knew the banker whose brother in Christ was a blessing from the Lord, like for the last like three and a half years. And I just would never like go there. Cause that would be like, I don't belong there in what he does. Wow. Even though he kept nudging me to, and I was yeah. afraid to, cause I'm like, what if he makes a mistake or I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, in faith, I took the step and that step literally led to me buying the house in Franklin, buying, you know, property in you know, outside of Nashville, all of these things I've done and then five properties ownership in was all literally from that tiny little seed that I thought I'm going, to, I'm going to take, it's taking a risk, but wow. it's taking a, it's really for us as believers, it's taking a, a faith step. You know, it was trusting God. It was being afraid to be that servant who went back to him and said, here, I didn't do anything at all to multiply this. I just did the bare minimum because I know that was safe. Oh, you know, uh, it, are, are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, What yeah. number are you? I don't know because I've never taken it to get a number. I've only had people ask me stuff or talk to me about it. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should take it. I, I think I'm a pretty strong six, which is, can be the person that when they feel the pressure, uh, they feel fear. So it's like I, when I'm at my worst, <laughs> um, I do end up doing things because I'm fearful and I'm very aware of that, but, it, I am that person, probably Cynthia, it like breaks my heart that could go, I just want to feel safe, God. I just want to feel safe. And it, and it, I, the Lord is calling me out to like, don't just step out, like be mindful that you can live fearlessly. And like you always say, like fear and faith can't coexist. Like that is a rub in my personal walk with God feeling like I want to feel safe. And if I don't feel safe, I get so, I just get so scared and I, I want to build these like walls and God, I feel like God is speaking to me even today, like to not be that servant that is just like, just, you know what, just tuck it away. And then it's like, I'll just pay you back. Like be, live fearlessly and step out and actually don't like, don't just look at the water, like go and walk out on it. Come on, get out of the boat. Yeah, like get out. Right. Get out of the boat, Peter. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, but you want to know what's crazy? Peter had such a faith struggle, but on that rock, Jesus said he would build his church. 
that is the most humbling part of it. It's like, really, God, like somebody who can can live out with being so fearful at yeah. times, like really, you could use even that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, and uh, honestly, in a way, it, it, you know, as we're talking about it, it kind of makes room for me and for you. You know what I mean? It makes room because it lets, it lets me know that my fears, he knows, you know, he knows how hard it is in this world to look at the seas raging around us yeah, and get out of the boat. He knows what a hard walk, a faith walk is. Yeah. And I think, you know, personally, I know like our time is probably running short, but I know I've been pretty traumatized by times when I thought I did live out fearlessly. And and quite honestly, Cynthia, I, I saw a collapse of things and the Lord's like, but you still got to trust me even still, like continue to trust me. Like even when, and even if, um, you know, so, I mean, I don't like, and that's why I always hear, you know, who has known the mind of the Lord? No, but like, you don't know, but you got to trust me with this. I, I feel, thank you for that encouragement of just being able to step out and, and, and be that servant that doesn't hide it away. Like whatever it is, whether it's money, whether it's talents, you know, I, I think we can be pretty good in that scenario of being the servant who self-sabotages. That's a way to, to bury the gift is you just self-sabotage so no one expects anything of you. Right, 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 exactly. And, and you know, I mean, the, re- the reality is that if we don't, if we don't get out of the boat, we'll never, we'll know less about our God. You know, every time we get out of the boat, I think we know more about our God. We know more about our faith. And, you, you know, it, while I think he understands that we are fearful, he does expect us to get out of the boat. You know, at some point we got to just take the step and commit our plans to him. Let him establish and direct our footsteps. Uh, let him let him be the guide. Don't lean on our own human understanding because our human understanding, especially when there's fear involved, is going to be rooted in all kinds of bad scenarios. You know, oh my gosh. I mean, I've literally had to do inner healing work this week to deal with the bad scenarios, you know, that run in my mind. They were running in my mind like a hand, like a, like on a hamster wheel. And, you know, even with my husband's health challenge, I mean, if it's on a scale, if it's two on the scale, I'm living in 10. And it's like, hold on a second. You know, I mean, I woke up at like three in the morning and I just, because I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping, you know, for weeks. My husband was like, okay, are you okay? And, And I just broke down. I was like, no, I'm not, you know, because I'm, we're on level two here. And all I can see is level 10 and I'm just living in the visions and fantasies and thoughts of, well, when this horrible thing happens and I'm alone and how am I going to, oh, I'm going to respond to this person this way. Oh, I'm going to respond to that person that way. And I was like, this has to be demonic. This has to be demonic. I'm living where God does not have me yet. I'm living in the future. And you, if you don't live in the present, that's why it's the gift. 
You will be living in your past or living in the future. And both of those can only cause a lack of faith and struggle. You know, it's like living in the present. He wants us where we are today. Be here with me. Look around you. What if this is as good as it gets? Ha, thank you, Lord. We're blessed. Have a roof over our head. We have food for our table. I have my husband here. And, and, and it is a struggle to live in the present with God, period. When you're living in the future, you're not, you know, unless you're having, unless you're making an intentional effort. It's funny. My aunt said to me, she goes, honey, your mind is powerful. Envision him in the future. Envision him as the way you want to see him. Envision him. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, I mean, yeah, part of this is right. Part of this, I'm hoping that you're not thinking that, like, if I could imagine it, you know, like, and and I all I could do was cry because I'm like, it is a challenge for me. I, I I can have vision for, and even Roger said it. He goes, you have vision for everything. He goes, it's amazing. He goes, you can see it, like God's ultimate in so many things. Why are you unable to see it in this? Why are you struggling to see it in this? And it, it fear. That's it's so funny, Cynthia, because that's exactly what my husband says to me very often. He's like, I don't get it. You can have faith for other people. You can encourage other people. He goes, but sometimes like, what about how come, why are you sitting here like this? You know? And I don't, I'm not sure I have a, a great answer for that. And I have struggled for sure. Yeah. Yeah. To and and he is like cup half full. And oftentimes I can be like I'm like I'm the realist. I'm like the cup is half empty, you know. And and you know, probably I I probably we probably oscillate. Sometimes I feel like I miss positivity, you know. Yeah. Um, but when if I'm, you know, not in the healthiest of places, I I can definitely go to desolation pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in a household with women, my mom and my grandmother, who literally everything ended in death. Stay away from the, the street. You're going to get hit by a car and die. Don't walk down those stairs. You're going to fall down, land on your head and die. Uh, I mean, everything. Uh, mom, I mm. think I have the flu. Oh, my God, it's COVID. You're going to die. I mean, like, uh, can't it just be the flu? Like, I mean, you know, oh, mom. It's so weird. I have this spot that a new freckle on my skin. It's skin cancer. You better go deal with it or you're going to die. Wow. And my husband looked at me after the first couple of years being around us. And he goes, oh my gosh, I know why. I know where you get this from, honey. I'm sorry. Your mom has put all this fear on you. Yeah. It's in that spirit of death. Right. You know, it's like, and you know, right. Yeah. That's, that's that's kind of powerful. uh, Yes. And when that spirit of fear and death plagues you, the worst place for you to live is in the future. You know, those visions and in the future are going to only co-sign with what that spirit that in the present you're making a covenant with. 
of agreement. Ooh, that's, I just got that. Oh, yes, Cynthia. Ooh, I reject that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I was just, I was just watching us sign the covenant of what we're thinking about, what we're spending our time with, what we're doing, what we're committing to, and what we're linking arms with. If we're signing up for that, that's our, that's the expectation of the future. Right. So, yeah, we're making God, oh, we need forgive to pray us. about this one. Yeah, Lord, <laughs> Lord, forgive us for making covenants of death and destruction and loss and lack yeah. over our futures. Yeah. Each and every one of us, Father, yeah. forgive us for getting too far into the future or carrying things from the past that are usually about failure and fear with us into our present. Lord, today is a gift. Today we have health. Today we have friends. Today we have fellowship. Today we have each other as sisters in Christ to be better, to strengthen each other, to be iron sharpening iron. Lord, help us to live from this day forward only in today, in the present. Father, help me, forgive me for the covenants I have made of death and over my home, over my life, over my husband. Forgive me, Father. I repent in Jesus' name. And help us, Lord, never to go there again, any of us. Help us. If any of you watching have done this, I pray that this that this spirit that causes you to make covenants with a mm. bad future or with, with your fears or with results that you can't understand, can't see, can't predetermine. I ask that you would be free of that now in Jesus' name. We command this spirit to go to the feet of Christ and be judged by Christ and flee from our lives forever. We don't want you. You don't have a place here any longer. And to whom the sun sets free is free indeed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Our presence, our our present is the gift. Mm. You know, our present is the gift, and it's interesting. You know, in balancing it, and and I do believe this is why we're supposed to consider the entire counsel of God. You know, mm. I, I I I I admire leaders and teachers who teach the entire Bible, you know, because we, we, we have lived for a long time in an age of cherry picking scripture. You're right. Right. And the parable of the talents without understanding that, you know, all of these other principles, that's why it gets out of control. That's why some people pursue fame so much. They forget the God who gave them the gift. You know, that's why some people live in fear so much. They, they hide everything under a bushel and never do anything, you know? And isn't it interesting that that's just as bad, Yeah. yeah. right? Like, right. As the other, right. Oh, like, right. don't hide it. Don't, don't hide it. Right. Don't hide it. Don't and, hide it. And, you know, it's interesting 
And when you live in the present, you're able to really understand the power of God, you know, because in the present, you know, what are we supposed to do first? We want to seek him first with our day. I mean, we, I mean, honest to God, I wish every day I spent an hour in fellowship with all of you. I really do. I mean, the day would be that much more directed by the Lord, right? I mean, it's like um, every day we seek him, every day we we root our lives in him, we read the word. I mean, you guys get up, get up and read Proverbs. Like I take, we, we've just one through 31. We just go through whatever day it is start. And I'm telling you, it, it really does help to keep you in the present. You know, when you remember in the present, this is the present. Thank you for everything going on today. Made my plans for tomorrow. Here they are, Lord. They're yours. Not going to think about them any more than that then I think you can really become the powerful uh, weapon in God's army that you are. I think you can walk in the powerful blessings that he wants you to have. And, you know, it's funny, there's this one. um, So I take away from today to trust completely in God, live only for today and not let fear take hold. God is in control and read Proverbs. Yeah, that's a good takeaway, Michelle. That's a good one. <laughs> good one. And, you know, no, I can't let this, I, I, I know we're in this thing, but I'm, there was a comment back a little while ago from P. New that said, um, I heard another Christian chat where a mom said she realized using the Bible app on her phone was giving the kids the feeling that she reaches for her phone all the time. So she switched to a paper Bible. And and then Michelle responded, oh, it's such a shame as Bible apps are brilliant. And I'm just really sitting here laughing because, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, my, oh, the went to, come on, face ID. There we go. You know, I use my phone for my Bible app only because I have so many 20 somethings around me that I kind of got sucked into it. I hate it. I prefer my paper Bible. It's the yeah. old fashioned way, right? And so it's so, it's so it is. I, I love my paper Bible, but I, I use both. So I use, yeah. a, I use an app, but I also like, well, t- if I'm home, um, depending where I'm at, I like, I'll sit with it with my Bible, but I can't help but have a Bible app on my phone. And I listen to it too, because it depends how you learn as well. There, there's a lot of people who, who actually I do think some of the Bible apps are brilliant because you can listen to it and the way some people's brains process. I think that's a, like probably a beautiful part of technology. My husband is a listener. He doesn't read well. And so he loves to listen and he really retains it. Whereas yeah. I, I like the paper. I like underlining and making my notes and everything, you know? Yeah, it is I, kind of funny, isn't it? But yes. the Lord can use it all. <laughs> he, can, he can use it all. I mean, I think about this younger generation. I mean, this is, I mean, this is how they do it. I mean, they, but they were conditioned. They grew up with this. You know, I still remember the first Apple computer. I mean, I had the first, you guys, Apple computer in college. I remember when it first came out. And so, you know, I mean, I'm new to this because I wasn't steeped in this. This generation is. But I do think it's really cool that this mom switched to her paper Bible for the witness of it in front of her children. Because the witness is going to show her kids 
where the power of their mother's life is in the word of yeah, God. Yeah, it is very cool. That is actually, that is very cool. Yeah. It is very cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, like she was sensitive to that. Like, you know, exactly. like maybe you didn't want to change, but you were tender to it because you're like, what are my kids seeing? Like that, that is wisdom in and of itself to be so present with the Lord and the people around you that you can, you can pivot. Exactly. And, and I guess the perfect end note for today is that if you're living present in your present, you would hear your children and you know when to pivot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's That's good. True. Yeah. Cause you could miss it all, you know, you could miss it, you know, and, and you can miss it in your, in your struggles for fear all the time. And Salumbra, um, you're welcome. And yes, we do. I'm looking at your comment. Thank you both for your wisdom. It means so much to know that we all struggle with fear, but can trust the Lord through it all. Yeah. 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 We're not like, we're, we all struggle. And that is the very real thing. But the enemy always wants to tell you, no one else feels the way you do. You're just a loser and you're alone in it. And that's, that's not true. So I'm super, I'm super thankful today. And Cynthia, thank you too, for just being real about the parable of the talents. Cause that I know for me, that spoke a lot to me and it made me, it gave me a little push, you know? And, right. um, so I'll talk to you soon. Good. I, I, yeah. good. I want to know, and I want to pray into them and, yeah. and whatever each and every one of you you know, is doing, I mean, be encouraged and be pushed, you know, in faith and don't get discouraged if you struggle with fear about the thing, you know, that you want to do or the future or provision or any of that, because fear is the exact opposite of faith. Of course, we're going to all struggle with it. We live in a kingdom that belongs to Satan. We are, of course, provided for by the kingdom that is over all kingdoms. But in that, isn't there going to be a war all the time between faith and fear? So, so today I commit to living in today and staying out of fear. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Noves. I love you too. Yeah. Love Thank you so you. much. Thank you for your prayers all week and your, I'll start crying, but in your messages. And you guys, if all of you would just keep my husband lifted in prayer for perfect health, I would appreciate that. And um, have a great week. We do this because we love you and we love Jesus. That's it. Love yeah. you, Cynthia. Love you too. Love y'all. See you next week. Bye. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. 
Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared to You podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared to Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.